With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi everyone and thanks for tuning in to the latest episode of the Glasgow's Green Podcast, aka Gigpod. Now, William Smith got himself in the mood for Sunday's game at Ibrox and went a bit too far by cracking Chris Rock. However, despite how much I'm choking for the game to kick off already, I won't be lashing out at my co-host today, which is a challenge in itself. So, I'm Stevie, as you know, and a big hello to Spunkphone, making a welcome return. Hello brother. A long overdue return indeed, Stevie. Um, pleasure to be back in the pod and fingers crossed this uh, actually records. I think it will. Do you know, I was thinking like getting you back on the pod. Do you know what it's know what it's been like? It's been like Jim and American Pie trying to get his hole. All these hurdles and everything. Everything, it's a tap in every time for you. And there's so many hurdles and so many obstacles in the way. And it just turns into like 
a slapstick comedy in the end. But no, we've taken it serious here, Spunkphone, and we have got you on. We've got you recording. I'll try my best, Stevie, but I'm, I'm making no promises. Right, so on Sunday, it's the big one. It's Rangers v Celtic, April the 3rd. It's at 12 o'clock. The now I'm relatively calm, but when it gets to Friday, when it gets to Saturday, I'm just going to be a big bag of nerves again. I mean, we saw the state of me a couple of weeks ago against Ross County, thinking the worst, thinking, oh no, we're going to do something daft here. Something's going to happen. This is football when they're due a win at Celtic Park. or oh, this nonsense came into my head. And I'll be thinking the worst possible thoughts again ahead of Sunday. And then probably just before the game, I'll get a wee bit rational when I've maybe had a drink or something and calmed down. But how are you feeling for it the now? And how do you think you're going to be feeling for it as kickoff rapidly approaches? Yeah, I'm, I'm always relatively calm beforehand and in the build-up, to be honest. I, I'm thinking back to, like, I remember the COVID games I hated. I wasn't even necessarily a bag of nails. I just hated them. Even the first one, you know, before we'd, we'd obviously lost the opening derby of that season, I was just really negative going into it. Whereas the last couple, it's not normally until kind of kick-off that the nails maybe kick in. Maybe not so much, actually, the last game at Parkhead because I was there and I was highly intoxicated. But yeah, I, I think for me the nerves really never set into kind of just as the, the wonderful match official who we would never criticise blows a whistle. <laughs> yeah, the match official for Sunday is William Collum. I'll get your thoughts on him actually, Spunkphone, because I was dreading it. I mean, it's mad that we only found out this morning really. A lot of people were saying we usually do find out five days beforehand, but like, the papers always seem to have it a week or maybe 10 days in advance of who the ref is. Is it just me or did you feel that it was a bit of a late announcement as well? I know, it's usually in the papers or something, isn't it? A couple of days before maybe the, the official announcement, but uh, listen, I, I think um, neither side was going to be happy, no matter who'd been named as the match official. We'll just we'll just have to live with it, brother. Now, the last time we were at Ibrox, we lost 1-0. That was back that day. I found out I had COVID and we've both had it. Who had it worse actually, me or you? I was actually meant to be away at uh, Redden Leeds that weekend and uh, I think I had a positive on the, the Wednesday. I was meant to go down on the Friday, um, so I missed it on that unfortunately, but I had a couple of couple of rough days, mate, but other than that, I was relatively okay. I, I know you had it pretty bad, though, with the, the vaccine chaos as well going on at the same time. No, my well-being wasn't helped with COVID, and of course, Celtic losing one now at Ibrox. It was a Philip Hollander goal that clinched it that day. Although, you know, getting into that game, I remember saying that I thought we'd win 3-1. you got to remember at that time, Rangers were without Tavernier, they were without McGregor. Gerard wasn't in charge either. They still made it seven derbies in a row without defeat. You had Odson Edwards somehow shooting wide for like close range when the game was goalless. Hollander scored in the second half. And at that time, Rangers went on to go three points ahead of us. Hearts and Hibs were actually at the top, um, first and second in the league. Rangers went into third place. Obviously, Celtic were down in sixth place at the time, and you knew we weren't going to be staying there despite the start, which wasn't that impressive. A couple of great home wins under Ange, but the away form was quite ropey. But getting into that game, I was actually quite confident and optimistic. And I would say for this one, I'm very confident and optimistic in our team and our manager. But I think what's got me here is the fact that it's, it's the biggest game against them that I can remember now. I'd say since maybe April 2011, the game at Ibrox, I think we were one point ahead of them. If memory serves, Sam had asked Mr. Penalty and we could have really stretched the lead at the top. 
and made a game in hand. Some people might correct me. I might be a wee bit wrong in that one. Maybe it was like one point behind with a game in hand. But either way, if we won that game, the title was in our hands. And going into the game in Sunday Spunk Phone, the good thing is it's all in our hands, regardless of what happens. Yeah, that's the thing. You, you touched on there, obviously, the, the game earlier on in the season. I'm pretty sure you and I done the, the preview for that, and I had this done as winning 3-1 as well. So if you're asking me to do a, a shoot prediction later on, then uh, I'm afraid they don't usually bode too well. Yeah, I, I think you're right there. I think we were a, a point clear, wasn't it? Or, um, we certainly had the game in hand, I think, and that was the one up at Inverness, wasn't it? And then we obviously crashed and burned up there. Um, but as you say, it's, it's good going into the game that we know, obviously, we've got the, you know, it's in it's in our hands, essentially. We, we can lose this game on Sunday. Fingers crossed, obviously, we don't. And we'd still be, you know, ahead at the top, one more derby to play. So it is really in our hands and, and that bodes well, definitely. Now, I'm going to read out the team on that day in August when we lost there, 1-0. Joe Hart was in goal. In fact, here's one for you. Can you name that team? And I'll tell you if you're right or wrong with it. I can, but it's only because I looked at it shortly before we started, Stevie. So Unbelievable. I've done my research, for once. Well done for taking something seriously. It really is not like you. But anyway, listeners, if you don't know, the team was Joe Hart in goal, Anthony Ralston at right back, Stephen Welsh and Carol Starfelt at centre-half. Yananovic was making his debut at left-back. Midfield three of Ryan Christie, Cal McGregor and David Turnbull. Up front, Leela Bada out in the right, Odson Edward through the middle and Kyogo Furuhashi on the left. Looking at that team there, it's some difference, isn't it, when you see the personnel we've got now compared to back then? I mean, the options we've got, are, it's just incredible now. It, it really is. And um, I had a look at the substitutes as well and Sorrow and uh, Montgomery came on for us as well later on in that game. So we really were pretty, pretty thin the ground. I know a lot was obviously made of Rangers missing, you know, Alan McGregor, Tavernier and a couple of others. Um, with a kind of mini COVID outbreak, but it, it, it's it's really stark contrast that um, Celtic starting eleven back then compared to what it is now. I, I was looking at it earlier, thinking you'd be surprised if any more than maybe five of those players that day: Hart, Starfield, Juranovic, McGregor, and Abada started on on Sunday. Um, I know Kyogo and, and Tumble have obviously returned to training and, and Tumble obviously you know, made his, his comeback as well but I think it'll probably come a little bit too soon for, for both of them to, to start but it, it's crazy now looking at the, the difference in terms of the options that we've got available to us and as I say when you had the likes of um, Soro and Montgomery coming off the bench that day as well um, we really were pretty pretty thin on the ground Jota and Carter Vickers as well hadn't even signed at that point and um, in the kind of months since they've been you know, two of our most influential players this season so yeah it's a, it's a real big difference in the team that will, will go to the field on Sunday I imagine compared to the one back in August back in August as well <laughs> remember you had the, all the threats about football getting shut down in fact fans were just back into the game only a few weeks before that and it was a full capacity Celtic Rangers game for the first time since the 2019 match that we lost at Celtic Park um, 2-1 that was a goal that Katic scored the one of them. So in this match, there was no Celtic fans there. It was just 50,000 Rangers fans. And they did create some noise. They were going berserk. It was just you know, a real poisonous atmosphere. Um, every time like, a Celtic player got the ball, it was just... I, I can't, you, I'm can't. i sure you can imagine the stuff that was probably being said. I mean, Kyogo was coming in for it pretty tight as well. We, me and you both know what that was indeed, Spunk Phone, but of course nobody in this country said anything about it. I expect an even worse atmosphere on Sunday, if I'm honest. Now, I really hope that it doesn't influence the ref. I really hope that our players 
so I don't rise to it and keep their cool. I'm sure Andrew will be able to get it into their heads that they have to stay disciplined, especially if near Beaton's playing. But how do you think it's going to be in terms of that crowd? How do you think it's going to affect the players? And do you think it will have like sort of any bearing on the game at all? As you say, it will be, be poisonous, I suspect. Um, I was having the 700 or 800 there makes the, the slightest of differences, I think, because the, the atmospheres in those kind of post-allocation cut games where there was that kind of small section of away supporters at Parkhead and the Ibrox. I don't think the atmospheres were kind of anywhere near as good, I feel like, as they were. Um, Pre-allocation cut, we all know the reasons for it, obviously, but we'll not focus on that. So I I think that'll make a slight difference, even just having 700, 800 there in the the corner. But I'd imagine it will be, say, pretty poisonous. We all know what's sort of been going on with them the last few weeks as well. It probably will have some sort of bearing on the game, I imagine. It, it usually does in these fixtures. But as you say, it's, it's just about trying to get across to the players if you're hands that, you know, you can't let that affect you. Stay calm, play our football, and I, I trust if we do that and we turn up in the day that we'll, you know, walk away with a, a good result. But, um, yeah, it always has some sort of bearing on the game. I think these atmospheres, it's it's why they're so revered around the world, you know, this, this fixture. But... As you say, it's just a case of getting across to the players that just stay calm, play the game, not the occasion, that old cliche. Um, and as I say, I think if we do that on the day, then we'll walk away with a, a positive result. I think what we can do as well is we can use that crowd to our advantage because if things don't go their way, if we control the game and if we have the majority of the ball and let them do the chase, and their fans are going to hate that. There's no point denying that Rangers have done well in Europe this season. So we have to just get that one out of the way. Don't get me wrong, I think they have had a fair bit of luck. I think we'll both agree on that one. But at the same time, I mean, they've done what I think we would find very difficult to do. Certainly beating teams like Dortmund and Red Star. I mean, a lot of it as well is we were to play Dortmund, they would get a jammy penalty or we would hit the post about three times. Luck does come into it and Spunkful, we have both seen Rangers in Europe. And <laughs> honestly, the I mean, when it comes to the European referees with that VAR, equaling a penalty it's, it really is a secret weapon there thankfully they don't have VAR on Sunday and Ryan Kent won't be able to corner referee although well, I say that now and then I remember that's Willie Collum so you never know when they were playing Dortmund and when they were playing Red Star within the first sort of 5-10 minutes they generally controlled it They you knew the way the game was going to go like they were sitting in there half a lot and then they were just waiting for teams to step up so that they can hit them, you know, with like Kent and Aribo in the wing. That's what they do, and they're going to try and do the same with us. They're going to expect us to come and play football. They're going to expect Ange to come and try and win, because I, I don't expect Ange to play for a draw. It's not what the manager does. Ange will go there looking to get the three points. That's the type of manager he is, and that's the type of team we are. There's no there's no like sort of grey area with a Celtic team. It's just a case of boom or bust. So... I reckon we're just going to go for the win, if I'm honest with you. If we can control the game and we can frustrate them and just hold on to the ball, their fans will get right in their back. And Spunk Phone, as we've seen, certainly in the league this season, now although they're unbeaten at Ibrox, they've drew four games, twice with Marrowood at home, once with Aberdeen and once with Hearts. Now granted, of course, they have beaten teams in Europe, as I've said, but domestically, they've been really uh, unimpressive, I would say, and they have staggered to where they are now. Unlike us, we have swashbuckled our way to where we are. We had a wee bit of an iffy period after we beat Motherwell 4-0, but we've picked up our form again, and after Livingston, I think the team have been really impressive again. So if we can go into the game 
you know, with that type of mentality. And I think Rangers, quite frankly, are going to be in for a lot of bother if they don't try and play football as well and if they try and sit in against us. Yeah, well, that was the mistake they made at Celtic Park with the way they set up. And, and we just came out and um, totally controlled the game, dictated the tempo. You know, we're the only ones creating opportunities as well in the kind of opening uh, early stages of, of the game in February. So I don't imagine they'll make that same mistake again. You're right, though, that we can try and use the crowd to their advantage because if it does you know, unfold the way, which I'm sure you and I are both hoping it does, which is that the opening 15 or 20 minutes were well in control we create, you know, a couple of, of good opportunities, whether we take them or not. And and if we're generally in control of the game, then there is every chance the crowd can can turn on them. You know, you mentioned the Red Star and the Dortmund games there. I think both those games will get a goal in the opening twenty minutes. Um whether or not they got a, a hand with that, um, <laughs> we'll no touch on. But certainly as you say, it's something we've got to try and I suppose what their advantage is that if we go into that game and control it first fifteen, twenty minutes again, like within the game at Celtic Park, then the crowd, you know, might well turn on them and um I say I, I don't think they'll make the same mistake again and, and be as passive as they were. Um, I think they realise that they do need to come out and actually try and take the game to us and that we are a, a very good side. But then equally, you know, that opens up opportunities for us potentially on the, the counter-attack as well. I know we talk a lot about Rangers counter-attacking threat, but um, if we've got, you know, a badder Jota, say, for example, on the break against them, then we could do them some, some serious damage on the counter as well. So it'll be interesting to see how it unfolds in that opening sort of 15, 20 minutes. But yeah, do everything you can to kind of silence the crowd. Again, it's it's kind of an old old cliche, I guess. But um, certainly if we come out and, as I say, play our football in the opening 15, 20 minutes, create a, a few good opportunities as well, then there is every chance that crowd could get on their back because they know for them it, it really is a must-win game now. You're saying it's a, a must-win for Rangers and I do agree with you. For us, as I've said, I think Andrew see is a must-win as well. He'll treat the game as a must-win. In fact, he'll probably treat the game as us uh, behind in chasing the win. It's just how we are. Talking about the first goal here now, Spunkphone, the way I see it is, right, so even if Rangers do score the first goal, I still think we've got it in us to score, because as I said, you know, all we need is a goal, and they're back at square one again, all their fans will get right on their back, and they'll be chasing a winner, and it'll suit us, and it'll give us confidence, knowing we can go there, score and silence what will be a hostile crowd, so I don't know if I fully buy into the fact that our first goal for Rangers um, is going to like, settle what way the game goes, I reckon that even if they do score first, we've got it in us as well to get an equaliser, um, and there's no way, I mean, when you see this Celtic team, and the way they've played all season, they just don't know when they're beaten, they don't know when to give up, um, and if we were 1-0 down, getting into like the 90th minute or something, I would have every faith in us getting an equaliser, because the longer the game went on 1-0, their fans would be so edgy, their players would be nervous, they'd end up bottling it, I genuinely wouldn't be that fearful, um, getting into the last 10, if that was the case, I reckon we'd be able to pile on the pressure and get something out of it, but what do you feel about the first goal, so how how important is it going to be, in your opinion? Well, I mean, noticing like Ian Crocker here, Stevie, but obviously he quotes that stat nearly every fiction after the opening goal these days, doesn't he, about how rare it is for the team conceding first um, to, to actually come from behind and, and win the game. Contrary to all that, kind of in the same opinion um, as, as you are. Whether or not Rangers get the opening goal, um, whatever stage of the game that comes at, I'd, I'd be fully confident in this Celtic team. As you say, they, they don't know when they're beaten. They do play at the very end of games. It's it's that kind of old, old adage fans at the start of the season, obviously. We don't stop, we never stop. But it's it's been true. Um, you've seen that with the amount of late goals we've scored this season. 
even if it has involved us getting obviously you know half an hour stoppage time like we did up in Dingwall and 6,000 of our fans were on the pitch according to wonderful Malky McKay who we would never criticise but yeah I, I think as you say it's it's even if Rangers were to get the opening goal in the game I, I don't think it would be too much of a dent to our confidence and it wouldn't really affect the game or, or our game plan at all I, I think um, whatever kind of situation we're in as you say I think Ange is going to go there and, and try and win the game it, it's pointless going there trying to play for a draw and and I don't think that we're as you say set up to do that anyway but um, no I, I think even if they were to get the opening goal it, it doesn't really affect our job too much in the day and as you say I'd be confident regardless of what point in the game we're, we're trailing um, that we'd be able to get back in it because the evidence is there for everyone to see over the, the kind of past scenarios and situations we've been in where we've got late goals this season We're focusing now on what the team's going to be if I can cast your mind back to that midfield in August when we had Callum McGregor, Ryan Christie and David Thumbo in midfield, you know, that was a midfield without any balance really. At that time, Ryan Christie against Rangers was like a man down and he was terrible in that match other than like maybe the last five minutes of the game. David Thumbo was really struggling for form if you can remember. Scored a couple of decent goals against the Mirren, I think it was. No, he scored a hat-trick, didn't he? Generally with David Thumbo. Um, he looked really sort of off the pace back in August and it was only really, I'd maybe say September, October, that he started to kick on and look like a really decent player under Ange. Callum McGregor was just Callum McGregor and never let us down but then you look at the midfield of Hattati, McGregor and O'Reilly and right away there was just a balance there that there wasn't back in August and it was that midfield that pretty much dominated and controlled the game in the first five minutes you had the endless work rate of Hattati you had the link-up play with O'Reilly um, and his one-touch passing to bring other players into the game that match was outstanding that night. And Callum McGregor just dictated the tempo for us as well. So that night, it was Joe Hart, Juranovic, Carter Vickers, Starfelt, Taylor, O'Reilly, McGregor, Hitati, Abada, Gigi and Jota. Do you reckon it's going to be the same team or do you think there's going to be changes made for this one? If, if it were up to me, it'd be the exact same 11. I think that the the way that midfield three controlled the game, dictated the tempo, you had O'Reilly and Hattati obviously all over the place. Hattati got the two goals, O'Reilly was creating openings and opportunities left, right and centre. I, I think it will be the, the same 11. Um, certainly if it was up to me, I'd, I'd go with the same 11 again. As I've already said, I don't think Rangers will sit off or be as passive as they were in that game, certainly in the, the opening stages of it, but... The, the balance that that midfield gave us with Hattati O'Reilly in, in front of McGregor. Hattati obviously getting those two goals. O'Reilly was, you know, everywhere, um, all over the pitch, causing bother for them and creating openings and opportunities for us as well. So I, I suspect if if those 11 players are all fit, I, I think that's the midfield three that gives us the, the best balance and the rest of them in that game didn't put a foot wrong. Um, Abad obviously got the goal. Jota was excellent that night and, and Yakimakis you know, really led the line well as well and, and with the form he's in at the minute I can't see him being being dropped at all. So I, I don't know what you may be thinking, but I, I certainly think if it's that same eleven are, are, are all fit, then I think he'll go with the, the same eleven that won that game back in February. I think it's going to be the same defence. Hart, Juranovic, Carter Vickers, Starfelt and Taylor. McGregor's obviously going to be in midfield. I reckon Neil Beaton's going to start. I think him being brought back from the Israel team. It's just swayed my opinion on that one, the fact that he was brought back early. Now, I could be wrong, but if you remember, back at Livingston, 
the way we played against them, Beaton was in, and we looked to, like, I mean, we went to Livingston and bossed it. Now, granted, the Anthony Macaroni is very much different to Ibrox. I'm not making a comparison there, but the type of game it was, there was a lot of pressure on us, and it was going to be a physical battle, especially in midfield. We needed to set the tone, and we needed to win that midfield battle very quickly if we were going to sort of have any joy in the game, and we did, and Beaton was a big part of that. And it let McGregor advance more and get further up the park. And it did sort of great effect. Um, he nearly scored, but of course Celtic scored right after that anyway. But I reckon Beaton, I think we're going to see him starting in the midfield alongside McGregor. And I can't make my mind up out of O'Reilly and Hatati. If I'm pushed for it, probably O'Reilly. Because I think Hatati on international duty and the fact that he's maybe dropped off just slightly, I just think it'll be Matt O'Reilly that will get the nod. I think O'Reilly was very impressive against Ross County and I would say I'm in the field of Beaton, O'Reilly and McGregor. But again, I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked if he went with the same three, but that's who I'm just going to go with and that was my theory for it. Just for the fact that Beaton came back from internationals um, early on Monday. Now front three, I don't think you can drop Dyson Maeda. I just don't think that's it's possible. I think he's been outstanding for us. He's worked his socks off. Uh, he's been a goal threat for us. And also he's been assisting as well as scoring. And he's got a great relationship now with Gigi on the park. I think it's going to be Maeda, Jota and Gigi as the front three. The same as what we saw against Ross County. Abada as an impact sub is a brilliant option to have. But that's who I'm going to go with. I reckon that will be the front three. Maeda, Gigi and Jota, and see if we're honest, it's not a bad position to be in really, is it? No, definitely not. I, I, I don't disagree with any of any of, of what you've said there. Um, as you say, Beaton obviously came in and um, kind of played a holding role against Livingston. It did give us a, a good balance in midfield. I just I just can't trust him in big games to know they something stupid that gets sent off. So, to be honest, I'll be fingers crossed. And I run 15 before kickoff on Sunday that he's no one to start 11. And that I've said that, he'll probably come in and be a man of the match. But yeah, I, I think you make a fair enough point as well with, with the front three. I think Jota perhaps maybe on the right, Dyson off the left, and then Yakimakis through the uh, through the middle. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to, to see that. I don't know. It, it just depends with, with how he's looking at it. What well, maybe options he wants to have on the bench for, for later on in the game. As you say, a bad I certainly wouldn't be a bad impact sub, but um, neither would Dyson either. So it'll be interesting to see what he goes with, but no, I think the, the points you've made there are all all fair enough. And having thought about it a little bit, actually, I, I wouldn't be too surprised if, if that was the start of 11. But as I say, if I had my pick, then I would go with the, the same team that dominated them back in uh, back in February. Um, but I think the, the point on Dyson's form, to be fair, is, is fair enough. And if he was to, to be in the uh, start of on, on Sunday, I certainly wouldn't have any complaints. We now have to focus on what we think the Rangers team is going to be. Now, I reckon they're going to play the team that they play in Europe. Barisic, since he's been dropped, there's no doubt about it, they look a more formidable and robust unit, certainly at the back, ever since Barisic has been out of the team and bassey has been at left-back. Bassey, of course, played in the 3-0 defeat, but he was at centre-half and GG bullied them. Don't think you're going to see that again. They've started playing Goldson and Balogun together. I mean, obviously, they're there to be got at. Goldson has got no pace whatsoever. Balogun does have good recovery pace. It's quite weird that Balogun's now their saviour after they were raging at him for pretty much selling the jerseys against Malmo at the start of the season. Bottom line is... 
Their defence is certainly weaker than what it was last season. Proof is in the stats alone. Look at our goal difference compared to them. Midfield's where it gets a wee bit interesting. As I was talking about, back in the 3-0 game, their midfield was Arfield, Kamara and Aribo. You're not going to see that now. I think what you're going to see is uh, Ryan Jack and John Lundstrom as their holding midfielders. They went with a straight 4-3-3 against us that day. It was a 4-5-1 without the ball though, but... The front three was Diallo, Roof and Kent. You're not going to see them there either. So they're going to have a, a Rebo, Kamara and Kent sort of behind Morello sort of front. Yeah, I, I think there's obviously a lot of players in there that are, are threats. It will probably be something similar to the the team that they obviously sort of field in in those European games. And I'd imagine it'll be a pretty similar setup on the on the day tactically as well. But I, I think the main kind of threat to watch out for there don't know about yourself, but I'd be saying it's Ryan Kent if he can be asked showing up. I know he can only turns up ten games a season or so, but he is a real threat, obviously, with that pace running behind. And if we do give him an opportunity to to break, um, then he will not be be waiting about. Um, I know they'd obviously seen that chat about Morelos potentially being a doubt. Then again, the chat with Ramsey as well. I mean, supposedly both of them have been been training this week, so it will be interesting to see. But yeah, I, I think it will probably be along the lines of, of what you've kind of read off there um, and as you say it'll be a pretty similar setup. I'd imagine to, to what they go with in the, the European games there. Kent is a threat however I'm very confident in the fact that we have got a player to handle him. Now Kent was always up against a Tyron Lustig and so many Celtic players that just couldn't cope with him after that I mean you had like Frimpong as good as he was like, at times he didn't know how to handle Kent and then like John Joe Kenny I mean come on, fucking Rizzo could do a job against him I reckon the fact that we've got Juranovic is a massive plus for us. Now, Juranovic utterly bossed him in the 3-0 game. Juranovic is up for this one, you can tell. He's a big game player for us. He's got the arrogance to shine in these games, and I think he'll be fine up against Ryan Kent. Not to say that I don't think Kent's a decent player and can cause his problems, but I'm very confident in us handling him just because we've got an elite right-back in JJ. Talking about Aaron Ramsey... You know, I actually watched Wales when they beat Austria 2-1. Ramsey, to be fair to him, was fairly decent. Can't deny that. Pulled up at the end of the game and he's always going to have fitness issues, isn't he? But again, if he does play, you've got to take him seriously. He has a threat. Look at what he's done in his career. He will be a big game player. He will be choking to prove a lot of people wrong and we've got to handle that. But I think we will. No matter what team they put out, it's just about us, Spunkphone, and about what we do. And I think if we play to our strengths, We'll handle it okay. But again, it's, we kind of get complacent and just think because, you know, we're three points clear at the top and we've beat them in the last game and they were absolutely stinking that the job's done. And I don't think Ange will either. As I said, he'll treat it as if we are behind and we're going there to prove a point. And I'm fully expecting when we're doing like a reaction pod that we'll be right with that because I, I just don't think this Celtic team or this Celtic manager are complacent whatsoever. Bunk phone if we win though, do you agree with me that the league's won? I'm always hesitant to say that until it's, you know, signed, sealed, delivered, Stevie, but it'd be a massive step towards it. it it's, as we've, we've said, it's a must-win game for Rangers. I, I trust in Ange and the players, you know, if we get a result, a, a winning result at Ibrox, you know, then going into the final game at Celtic Park against them, you'd be expecting another win. I don't doubt for one second that we'll, you know, win the rest of, of, of our other remaining games as well, but as I said, I'd always be hesitant to actually go on record and say that's the league done and dusted if we win, but it'd be a massive step towards it, and as we've said, it's a must-win game for them, so not not completely, but 
you know, we'd be in a a pretty difficult position, or, or Rangers, I suppose, would be in a pretty difficult position as far as winning the league's concerned if they fail to, to win the game on uh, on Sunday. But it's a difficult one, that, to be honest, mate. As I say, I don't like to go on record and, and say um, that it's done and dusted, but it, it'd certainly be very difficult for them to come back from for that position. Oh, well, I don't know, Spunk. What's the worst that can happen? You say we're going to win 5 0, someone clips you, puts you all over Twitter, and you're shamed. Worse has happened to you, brother. Right, this is shoot prediction time now. I need to know what you think the result's going to be. Rizzo, he's bullish now because Rizzo, I was talking to him at the weekend. He thinks we're going to do it. He thinks we'll win 3 1. Like back in August when we were talking about the first game, I was saying like we were going to do them 3 1. They had a COVID outbreak, they just struggled past Alish Kert. They were awful to watch in the league. I think they just struggled in a league game, actually. I can't remember who it was, but they were certainly not impressive. And they've carried on that league form anyway. They're just getting over the line. But I think Rizzo was saying for that game, he expected a, a tough draw. And in the end, we were both wrong. As Rangers ran out 1-0 winners. But for this one, I'm actually going to be taking on the Rizzo role here. He's all bullish, thinking we'll win 3-1. I think it's going to be a draw. We've not won there since the Edward and Johnny Hayes game in September 2019. I just reckon there's so much at stake. I think it's going to be... Both teams may be cancelling each other out to a degree. It's going to be a tense uh, and tight affair. I'd love to see his win, but I reckon it's going to be a 1-1 draw. What is your shoot prediction? Oh, Stevie, I said 3-1 on this podcast back in August. Um, a bit like yourself, and I was proven to be well off the mark that day. However, like a, a good friend, Rizzo, I'm feeling pretty bullish as well at the minute. Um, I imagine, as I say, the nerves will probably kick in around kick-off time on Sunday, but I'm going to go for another 3-1 win, mate. Rangers, as I say, have got the attacking threat that you know they'll have opportunities in the game, and, and I wouldn't be surprised if, if they do take one. Um, wouldn't be surprised if they take the lead in the game, um, as we discussed a bit earlier on. But I just think with the, the former front players in at the moment um, and the attacking threat that we've got as well, we'll create equal amounts, if not more, opportunities on the day. And I trust in big Gigi, the form that he's in at the minute, that um, if he gets a, a sniff of goal in the day, he'll take it. So I'm going to go with 3-1 again. As I say, I was left with egg in my face last time, but um, fingers crossed that isn't the case this time around. It'd be an improvement to that face of yours, brother. But anyway, I'll leave the digs there. Thanks a lot for coming on. And that is now where it stops for GigPod this week. So you're going to be getting this preview with myself and the wonderful Spunk phone. But then on Friday, I'm doing a recording with Ryan118. We're going to be talking about our favourite wins at Ibrox. And I'll be getting his thoughts on the game on Sunday as well. And then I'm going to be on Friday night. It's a live preview show on 67 Hail Hail with Hamish and John. Then after the game, immediately after the game at Ibrox, there will be a live reaction with myself and Hamish so make sure you subscribe to the podcast on all the platforms I'm doing the reads a bit here I'm not anywhere near as accomplished as the big man when he does it but yeah you know where to find us subscribe to us there and also on 67 Hail Hail on YouTube um, they're approaching 27,000 subscribers now unbelievable what they're doing they've just got ex-gigpod guest Johan Albion. The latest video, you should check that out with Hamish. It's a great interview. I watched it in the gym. Spunk phone, don't laugh at me. I was at the gym earlier. I know it's hard to believe, but yes, I was exercising. I'm very proud of you, brother. Thanks, I was waiting on a wee snide dig there. Tell our great fans where they can find you and what you get up to on that internet. So I've been a bit, bit quiet of late, I think, by by my own own sort of standards, Stevie, but you can find me on Twitter 
at uh, super underscore spunk. Nearly forgot my own app there on Twitter. Um, that truly wonderful application that I know you're a massive fan of, Stevie, and always have been. Um, but no, pleasure being on, chatting to yourself again, mate, and uh, hail, hail. You truly are one of the greats. And listen, you can also find us on Twitter at GigPod, as you know, but now there's a lot more of you tuning into the Instagram feed where I do the GigPod in 60, which has been pretty popular with a lot of people and a lot of folk have now been sort of following us, which is great. We'd like to have more of you on board, so please just jump on Instagram and follow us at GigPod. Um, some of the big dogs on there, Daily Celtic and Jack Celtic Bible. They've been very decent way of promoting some of the gig pod parted as well. Thanks a lot to the guys there for that. But no, I'm Stevie. Thanks a lot for tuning in. This has been our preview ahead of Sunday's massive game. Hopefully the next time I'm talking to you, I will be less jittery and more optimistic for the match. I might even change my shoot prediction with Ryan 118 because it's a Friday and the weather's might be decent. Who knows? Anyway, I can say for sure that's us away. Hail, hail. Network. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.